From Radio Cayman's Newsroom, I'm Shana Gallego with your latest news. Government is working to clear some projects off the books before the end of the year with two special events last week. Representatives of the National Housing Development Trust, Ministry of Planning, Agriculture, Housing and Infrastructure, and other stakeholders broke ground last Friday for Phase 3 of the Lighthouse Gardens Affordable Housing Development in West Bay. The subdivision design for Phase 3 of the Lighthouse Gardens development consists of 19 affordable housing lots. The phase will complete the 9.5-acre property with a total of 55 affordable homes at the location. Speaking at the groundbreaking ceremony, Minister for Infrastructure, the Honorable J.E. Banks, said the commitment of the NHDT and the government is to, quote, deliver high-quality and sustainable housing for many Caymanians to realize their dream and pride of homeownership for many years to come. The National Housing Development Trust recently completed work on the East End and Bonnetown housing development sites and is now in the process of assigning the houses to successful applicants. Officials say work is also progressing well at the 12-acre Northside housing development site, where the NHDT broke ground for 45 housing lots last December. And as CIGTV's Takia Smith reports, a state-of-the-art garage facility officially opened for the Department of Vehicle and Equipment Services. The Ministry of Planning, Agriculture, Housing and Infrastructure also held a ribbon-cutting ceremony. It was held by the Department of Vehicle and Equipment Services last Thursday for the new state-of-the-art garage facility at its North Sound Road location. The new garage facility, which forms the second phase of the department's redevelopment project, consists of 19 service bays capable of servicing various vehicles and equipment owned by the Cayman Islands government, which ranges from light-duty to heavy-duty vehicles and equipment. Minister the Honorable J.E. Banks says, quote, Government committed to completing the project, which started a few years ago with the construction of the two-story administration building that houses employees, stores, and fleet management services. This further expansion will lead to more improvements, including better turnaround repair times, increased working stability for large vehicles, and minimized employee exposure to the elements. The total floor space for the entire department now stands at just over 34,000 square feet. That's CHDV's Takia Smith reporting. Cayman gets a seat on several OECD Global Forum committees. Here's Radio Cayman's Felicia Rangan-Solins with more. The Cayman Islands is making significant contributions to international tax cooperation efforts by its ongoing involvement in several bodies of the OECD Global Forum on Transparency and Exchange of Information for tax purposes. Cayman was appointed to the Global Forum Steering Group for the period of January 1, 2023 to December 31, 2025, having previously served from 2009 to 2016. In addition, Cayman was reappointed as Vice Chair of the Peer Review Group and the Automatic Peer Review Group. Aside from the reappointments, the plenary also saw the Cayman Islands named as one of 65 jurisdictions which achieved the highest rating of on track in the first round of the Global Forum's AEOI peer reviews. Cayman's assessment pointed to the necessary legal framework being in place and the effectiveness of its implementation. Minister of Financial Services and Commerce, the Honorable Andre Ebanks, states for over 20 years, the Cayman 
Solomon Islands have been part of the global conversation around international tax cooperation, and these reappointments speak to the significant level of respect we have with the Global Forum and our international peers. For Radio Cayman News, I'm Felicia Rankin-Solins. These appointments were announced at the OECD Global Forum Plenary in Spain earlier this month. Hazard Management Cayman Islands recently attended the Caribbean Community Risk Information Tool Workshop in Trinidad. The workshop explored the benefits of geospatial information services to accurately map qualitative community-based data. It taught participants how to assign a risk score to a community based on the measurement of the community's hazard exposure, coping capacity, and vulnerability. HMCI Director Danny Coleman. Uh, Given the increase in frequency and, of course, the magnitude of disasters, the creation of a National Social Vulnerability Index will allow HMCI to objectively select communities for interventions and to increase their resilience and proactively mitigate, prepare for and respond to identified hazards in these communities. The course was held last week. In other local news... The Public Health Department is boosting its surveillance efforts for COVID-19 vaccination side effects for the autumn booster. Details now from Radio Cayman's Paula Cal. The Public Health Department says they're updating their approach to the surveillance of COVID-19 vaccination side effects for the autumn booster. Previously captured through a physical form, events supposedly attributed to vaccination or immunization, ESAVI, will now be captured electronically on the Cayman Islands Health Services Authority website or the Ministry of Health's website. The purpose of introducing digital reporting is to, quote, enable real-time monitoring of any reactions and create a more robust surveillance system. The online ESAVI form is for persons who have received the COVID-19 autumn booster in the Cayman Islands only and is not intended for persons who have received the Pfizer vaccine, dose 1 and dose 2. The paper-based reporting system for dose 1 or dose 2 remains in place. One of the essential components of the safe vaccination system offered by public health is the surveillance of ESAVI. This surveillance tool is aimed at early detection of any adverse events that may occur following vaccination to monitor and classify risks related to a vaccine, the manufacturing process, transportation, storage, administration, and any pre-existing condition in the vaccinated person, and to rule out an association between the event and the vaccine. To ensure vaccine safety, persons who have received the autumn booster are encouraged to fill out this form if they experience any adverse events after being vaccinated. While these reactions are suspected to be the result of a recent vaccination, some events may result from other non-vaccine-related factors and some reactions are indicative of the body's normal immune response. By reporting this information, public health can monitor for any new side effects or unusual patterns. The form does not collect any information that can be used to identify an individual. Therefore, all online entries will be anonymous. For Radio Cayman News, I'm Paula Carl. Another small bump at the pump. Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller reports. According to the overall Retail Network Weekly Analysis of the Cayman Islands done by the Utility and Competition Regulation Office, the average price of self-service regular gasoline is now $5.89 a gallon, which is up a penny since the last check on November 19th. Premium self-service gasoline is unchanged at $6.22, and diesel rose to $6.69 a gallon, an increase of $0.06. Cents. For a quick comparison, three months ago, prices were $6.55 for regular, $7.02 for premium, and $6.59 for diesel. 
For Grand Cayman, the cheapest self-service regular option is reportedly being sold at Jose's, where Offreg says it's $5.78 a self-service gallon. The average price for regular gas in Cayman Brack is $5.58. Folks on Little Cayman are paying $7.89. On the diesel side of things, Offreg says the cheapest self-service option is Red Bay, where it's selling for $6.05 a gallon. According to AAA, the average price of gasoline in Florida fell to $3.36 USD for regular and $4.08 for premium. Log on to offreg.ky for a full breakdown. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Carsley Fuller. Ahead of the Cayman Islands Air Show taking place this weekend, His Excellency Governor Martin Roper witnessed the landing of a PBY Catalina amphibious aircraft at Owen Roberts International Airport on Monday to mark the 70th anniversary of the landing of the first commercial aircraft, similar to the one which landed in 1952. In a social media post, Governor Roper noted, we have one person in particular to thank for that first flight, Wing Commander Owen Roberts, who lobbied commissioners for airfields to be built in 1952 on all three islands. The airport is named after him, given his pioneering work to put aviation on Cayman's map. He lost his life tragically in Jamaica on the first commercial flight in 1953. The Cayman Islands Air Show celebrations conclude with a flying display and aircraft exhibit this Saturday in Grand Cayman, followed by display in Cayman Brack on Sunday. That is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's Newsroom. I'm Shanda Gallego.